All right, ladies, Put your damn guts. ladies and gentlemen. God, sick but in my day, we just blanks. We are gonna get episode nine rolling here. Oh, Holy smokes, it's already episode nine. Right? Yeah. Seven forty-five on a Monday. Yeah, this is or this is a Monday night because uh, Sunday did not work out. Um, I was. Uh, Can you elaborate? I was. <laughs> I was sick as a dog. I. Uh, I could not have made it. Um, made it through an entire episode. I was pretty miserable. But uh, so yeah, it's Monday night. We're gonna roll through an episode. Also, we're down one man. If you all notice, I don't want one. Thank you. If you all notice, my little brother Box is 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 missing. He did not make the drive over. He's not missing. Right. We just didn't invite him. We're just gonna we're just gonna power right through. Um, this this uh, podcast is of course sponsored by Shyworks. We are certified Cerakote applicators and also make uh, the Shyworks Slimline Wallet. Pretty awesome. If you're looking for a new wallet, go check it out at shyworks.com. Cost me one of them. Let's show uh, these people what these sweet wallets are. One of our uh, one of the wallet of the month. Wallet of the month from uh, one of mine from months ago. So Sam does a wallet of the month. Yes, every, he does. Well, box. Yeah, I suppose he's correct. So he does a wallet of the month um, with a sep- with a new pattern for the wallet of the month. Yep. This month was the orange and black hex pattern. Well, actually, this one. Yeah. The most recent. The most recent had one. Had more this is orange a, on it. The hex know. pattern has got the constitution written inside it there. Um, so the idea behind these wallets of the month is typically uh, like a print like this is 35 and $5 shipping. You're looking at 10 We do wallets of the month for $29.95 or shipped to your door. So it saves you 10 bucks every time. And they're usually pretty awesome prints. So. And the one thing that that I think is so cool about these wallets is, well, I I still, we need to talk about this afterwards. I think there's one more thing that we can incorporate into these wallets. Okay. But the cool thing is it's easy to get to all your cards and you can flip through them really fast and they have really good retention, but it's the money clip. Mm-hmm. Because you see a lot of slimline wallets, mm-hmm. but not a lot of them have... Especially an integrated, they might have like a metal money clip on the side, but not like an integrated one. These Actually, things are awesome. I'm pretty sure that we are the only people on the market making integrated, integrated yeah. Guidex ones. So yeah. I have not seen anybody else do that yet. So they're pretty I haven't sweet. Either, but they are, they are awesome. pretty sweet. Go check them out, like I said, at shyworks.com. And that special, the wall of the month will be running through uh, another few weeks, I believe. Um, and then we'll switch to a different one, and that price on that one goes up. So, and I will say they are extremely durable. They can survive a uh, two hundred and sixty-five pound man landing on them from about eight feet. <laughs> <laughs> and they're also a lifetime warranty. So uh, if you uh, do whatever and screw them up, they will uh, will give you a new one. So, Although absolutely. I think I did have kind of a square bruise there for about four days. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, like I said, we are down box, but we're, uh, obviously with Toad here, the 1911 Buddha, and then we got, uh, Manny Malfunction at the end, Johnson down here, who's going to be, uh, hopefully working himself out of that name here. He's got some, uh, new, uh, new build in the, in the process, so. It's done. It's, it's done. all done? You got your, you got your done, tested, muzzle brake and everything? Tested, tried, and I got to zero it yet, but 
I also got a buddy of mine's rifle from work that I got a zero. So tomorrow night, that is my project is to zero those two rifles. But yeah, it's done. It's done. It functions awesome. I'm super happy. Super happy. Good, good. Did well, you put that titanium nitride bolt in that one? Yeah. And it runs fine? Yeah, it runs perfect. Because it, it dude, hated your other AR. Yeah. And I, I think that's honestly, I think that's those... Uh, those James Madison tactical lowers, I think it was honestly just a dimension of the buffer mm. tube, of height of the buffer tube, because it was like just enough to where I could see a tiny little wear mark. So when that bolt carrier group started getting dirty, is when it started hating it. But well, in that be. in that receiver set, that air precision receiver set, yeah, perfect. I could be, dude. And I put, um, I actually had was trying to do it kind of cheap, and I just like took the you know, had like a super cheap trigger, super cheap um, buffer spring and buffer in it. Well, then I went to my 300 blackout and I was like, you know, I really don't need like competition style stuff in this. So I put the cheap trigger in my 300 blackout and the buffer and spring in my 300 blackout and took my silent capture recoil spring assembly mm-hmm. and put it in that and that CMC three and a half pound trigger and put it in that. And dude, it is like, Sounds like a sewing machine when you rack it, like so smooth and quiet. It's like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. I went out and shot it, and I shot like five rounds through it, just test function. I was like, boy, this muzzle break is badass. So then I let my wife shoot it, and she was like, oh, this thing is awesome, you know, because mm-hmm. she was just wielding the shit out of it. So then I went out and held it up like a pistol and shot it one hand, and it's like shooting a twenty-two. Oh, really? The thing doesn't move. It's awesome. It's awesome. So what you're saying is I'm going to be the only guy on the course running a stock trigger and a $30 muzzle brake. My muzzle brake is only 48 bucks Shipped. I don't know. Mine still kicks quite a bit, though, with that one on there. Oh, mine doesn't. I should probably <laughs> thing get a doesn't one. move. That thing is awesome. My other AR doesn't move when you shoot it, but mm-hmm. it also weighs 9.5 pounds. So we did not have a uh, our typical range day, obviously, before this, because it's Monday. And, uh, you know, we got to work on Mondays. Um, yeah, we still, unfortunately, have to have real jobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give, us, give us a couple hundred episodes once we get Keanu on I, here, you know. I saw a meme the other day, and it, was, it really made me think of us, because it was, it was the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and somebody had photoshopped night vision goggles on top of their heads, and it was the girl, I don't remember her name. Oh, yeah. From It's Always Sunny, and she's like, how do three men in their 30s not have $800 between them? And they're like... And they've all got these expensive, like four thousand dollar head, you know, night vision headsets, and they're like, "Oh, the economy's terrible." <laughs> Just like that's us, but with guns and ammo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's easy to spend a bunch on that. But um, the reason we did not have a range day, obviously, was I was down in Knoxville, uh, not Knoxville, not Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah, Box was down there with us. We went down to well, we go down to the sprint car races every year. Uh, the World of Outlaws, they got their nationals in August down there. And it's a little town. I don't even know how big it is. A couple thousand people. But it swells up to tens of thousands um, during this, this week. And It's like the Sturgis of sprint car races. Yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's, a good it's it. damn good time. We've been down there. I think this was our eighth or ninth year. And we, uh, we missed last year. It was the first year we ever missed. But it's a... Uh, Man, it's fun. And the races, I don't get into I don't get into racing like NASCAR. I could give a crap less, you know, any of that that stuff's just Oh, boring. look, another left turn. Yeah. That stuff's just boring, but these sprint cars what they are is they're they're uh 
massive. I don't even remember how much they got, like 800 horsepower. Souped up. Um, Eight to 900 horsepower. And they don't. 410 cubic inch. They're pretty gnarly. And they don't have a transmission in them. They're just like a uh, direct direct drive. So it's either you can kick it out. Holy and, shit. Uh, They're aggressive. <laughs> yeah. You can kick it out. Like if you just want to sit there and idle, but obviously you can't, you know, you can't start from a stop. There's no clutch. So there's, there's no. Yeah. There's push cars to get these things, to get these things started at the beginning of every race, you know, and they'll just kind of glide around out of here, yeah. and they start, they come up to the, to the uh, starting line and just start while they're rolling. And they're doing a hundred mile an hour sideways, you know, halfway around this track. It's, it's uh pretty pretty thrilling to watch, and that's the only kind of racing that I've ever got into. It's just big wings on them and stuff. They're cool. Yeah, and I get excited about this stuff, man. It's it's a good time. Just it's I don't know if anybody would know it, but it's like they have the big wings on top. They look like a go kart, but they have a big wing on top, and the back right tire is bigger than the back left. Yeah. So it puts them on a tilt at for going around the corners flying. Yeah. And actually, the wings work so good. That as they go around the corner and get sideways, you know how usually when you go around like a left-hand turn, the inside of the inside two tires would lift up a little bit, and mm-hmm. all your weights on your outside two. Mm-hmm. The wings on these things work so good. That's why the tall side is on the outside of the corner. The wings work so good that it actually they lean into the corner. The arrow works so good on those cars that they hmm. actually lean into the corner. Interesting. They're hmm. pretty awesome. Yeah, they're a riot. And then, of course, um, during Knoxville, we stayed just across the street. We got the best parking lot or the best uh, camping site in the, in the whole place. But the entire time, we usually just play yard games, and we got giant Jenga. That's our favorite one. Two um, by fours. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just usually invent a new game every every uh, every year. We didn't get one this year. Do you but... guys play beer darts a lot? Oh, I yeah. love I love beer darts. Yeah, we. Uh... Do you remember the first year? Or no, that I don't even think that was Knoxville. We played beer darts the first year in Knoxville, I believe. I think Colin and I discovered beer darts when we went to that uh, rodeo in Minnesota. What rodeo? We went to the Clear Lake rodeo or something. It was like Clear Lake, Minnesota. But it's like a natural, like the biggest PB, PBR-sanctioned natural arena rodeo. Mm-hmm. We went up there for like two or three days. And camp next to a bunch of people that were like, hey, we're playing beer darts. You want to come over? Play? And we're like, what the hell is that? Well, that's <laughs> metal tip darts thrown in at other people's beers. and Sitting between that's where, legs. Yeah, that's where we discovered beer darts and brought it down to Knoxville that year. And it was, it was interesting because the first time we played, dude was so hammered. He was like passed out in his lawn chair. People are still throwing darts at his beer. And somebody <laughs> jammed one, buried one. Saw that tap full one. dart buried into his leg, and he like woke up and was like, "Oh!" And everybody's yelling at him, "Dude, you're bleeding!" You know, it's stuck. <laughs> He's like, "Oh shit!" Pulled it out and threw it at somebody else's beer. I was like, "No, you can't just have that buried in your leg and jam in somebody's <laughs> beer." Heaven. <laughs> like, oh, it was awesome though. Buddy's bachelor party up at Webster, South Dakota, up there walleye fishing and. Wesley, I I think it was Sean that threw it, and it just stuck in Wesley's shin. And Wesley, at that point, was just like, "Huh?" I just reached out, <laughs> plucked it out. I was like, "That's aggressive." And then, like five minutes later, Drew just sidearms one. 
and I'm sitting on one of those like big ass Rubbermaid blue coolers, and it lodged in the cooler about four inches from my right testicle. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> I think I'm done with this. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> I'd be wearing like soccer shin guards. <laughs> yeah, we played, and then remember we invented that beer dong to mix your beer dart, beer darts, and beer pong. Yep. That was uh. So basically, you just get six cans and you sit them at your feet from you know fifteen feet away or whatever, and chuck them. Similar to, I mean, you play it the exact same as beer pong. So. Yeah. But with darts. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was a good time as usual. It didn't get too nuts down there this year. Everybody kind of stayed. Kind of stayed, uh, they maintained the entire time. But then I got back and it's a, like, it's a four hour drive. You know, I was tip, I was feeling like crap, like I usually do when I leave that place. But, uh, uh, I walked in the crap my house. in more ways than one, eh? Yeah, well, it, no, I was fine <laughs> until I literally, I walked in the door and then it's just like, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what's going on here? And it was not, it was not a hungover situation. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I what's loved going on, man. And our group text when you said you told us what was going on. I found a familiar toilet. I finally found a familiar toilet up to three. And, and I'm like, maybe it's food poisoning. And then you don't know what you're eating down there. And, and Box goes, no, it's probably just the diet of rum and beer you've had for the last three days. I'm like, I mean, yeah, that'd do it too. It probably had something. It weakened my immune system. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, yeah, we weakened uh, your bowels <laughs> the, the, the plan was to do the podcast Good news is you're probably pretty cleaned up by now well yeah i would sure think so i dropped several pounds which i've been needing to do anyway so what's <laughs> called dehydration you need to drink water but yeah. the uh i got it right here but the uh the plan was of course to do the podcast last night and that didn't happen so we're uh we're doing it tonight but um yeah overall it was a hell of a good weekend i always love going down there I look forward to it every year so uh it was a good time for sure i am however ready for the next range day it's been a while since we've had a legit range day, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, starting I'm actually to get a little so low on ammo, it's almost scary. We need to buy more. Box that he put that link in the group. The yeah. Hundred and or yeah, was it, who was it? Palmetto. I'm about to go to Palmetto. I'm about to go on a like my dream fishing trip in three weeks. I'm trying not to spend any more money than I possibly have to. Because I just have this feeling I'm going to catch like a 34-inch walleye up there. And you're going to have to mount it? And I'm going to have to mount it. <laughs> and it's going to cost me where you, 15 you going, to $20 per inch. Where are you going? Leech Lake. Leech Lake? That's <laughs> yep. awesome up there. It's really funny because... Is that how you charge, Toad? 15 to $20 per inch? <laughs> I mean, come on. I didn't want to make that joke, but somebody had to. When that comes out of your mouth on this podcast... I don't know. What did I charge you last time? <laughs> Eight bucks. So... <laughs> Shit! <laughs> you got a good half inch out of it. No, actually, um, my I, I have two friends that are very good taxidermists, and um, one of them is, is um, he's very well known, and he charges... He can because he... He wins all those like award shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then um the other one was just like just give me a case of beer. Yeah. Sweet. Well, yeah, I, assume, <laughs> I assume you're speaking about talking about Groper. Well, the thing about that was is like I gave him those couple of perch a few years ago and I was like, take your time, I'm not in a big hurry. And then I basically forgot about it for like four years. And, <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, I got those done a couple months ago. Like, oh sweet, what are you? He's like Nothing took me forever. He's like, I've been busy. I was like, I know you've been busy. I'll get you some beer. I got him a couple of cases of beer. You know, but Slesher, Kyle Slesher, is, uh, he's really good. And 
Actually, funny story about that guy. Um, not to get off, or getting off topic here a little bit, but I have a a relative here in town one night, and this has been several years ago after this big storm rolled through, and he was outside grilling, and I was walking by because I was seeing the girl that lived down the street from him, and I walked up there, and um, he's good friends with Slasher, and he's like, hey, we're grilling, and he's out there shooting off fireworks, and a few of my other friends were there, and all right. He's like, you want a steak? I'm like, if you're giving steaks away for free, I'll have one. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm chubby, man. And so he, a little while later, he comes up and he hands me a plate with this slab of meat. Now, everybody knows what a steak looks like when you grill it. This did not look like a normal steak. <laughs> this was not a steak in and the I go, normal sense of the word. And and this is was Danny. And, uh, you know, long-haired Danny. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, dude, what is this? <laughs> Danny's a big hunter, you know, and I don't know what this is. And he goes, I'll tell you after you try it. I'm like, all right, I'll try anything once, you know. So I cut into it, and it actually kind of, if my memory serves me correctly, like I said, this has been a good nine, had been nine, ten years ago. It was kind of a whiter meat. I was also kind of blasted at this point. So <laughs> um, I took a bite. Shit, that's pretty good. What is that? He goes, that's that mountain lion slasher shot. I'm like, what? Hmm. Well, Slesher shot the sixth largest mountain lion ever taken with a bow in North America. And I ate some of it. Yeah, I've heard that, like, mountain lion and even bobcat, like, backstrap is actually pretty decent. Well, did you see that video of that guy last year? Some hunting channel? He had these, like, meat on this table. He goes, this is coyote. It was already cooked. He goes, this is coyote backstrap. I've never had it before. Eats it. He goes, you couldn't tell me that wasn't beef. I'm really? Like, no, I'm telling you right now that was coyote because you just said it was coyote. <laughs> I'm not eating it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of hunting, we uh, this is not even on the. Uh, oh, it is. It's the last. Uh, last. Uh, we're getting out of order. Hey. Yeah, we're we don't out, have to whatever. do things in order. Yeah. Well, we're not normal. So anyway, <laughs> we're, obviously this is a, a freedom podcast. Hunting is something that we all uh, we all do and all enjoy. Mm-hmm. And. Oh, yeah. um, Groper, he was talking about Groper a minute ago. Uh, tack, one of his taxidermist friends. He did my deer stuff on the wall right there. I did just a got, fine job. Actually, I'm I'm extremely happy with it. It turned out really nice. I'm not gonna lie to you, buddy. I don't think I've covered that many miles that fast. Before that night, you called me and said you shot that big bastard. <laughs> so the uh, <laughs> yeah, the story behind that is uh, I've been hunting for bow. <clears throat> I, I, this is taken with a bow. I'm just a bow hunter. I don't gun hunt um, for deer or anything. Um, so I'd been out there for years, five years, you know, before I'd finally got this guy. So all my buddies, you know, they're, we, uh, we, we kind of, you know, as, as a group around here, we look out for each other and help each other out. And, you know, we're always, always excited when anybody gets a deer and, uh, they had really, really anxious for me to get one. <laughs> and finally I got this on bitch and, uh, called a couple guys and everybody, you know, I had more help I think than I, I, I made even, it. I made it to do 20... with out there. About 26 miles in about 18 minutes. <laughs> Nine minutes. The best, though, was the morning <laughs> I called you. No, that sucked. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've been hunting since I was a kid, and I, I, I honestly couldn't... I, I haven't shot, a whole, like, tons and tons of deer, but I've shot a lot of deer, and, you know, I've never gotten a, a real big buck, but I'm more of a meat hunter, and I always get the extra doe tag for Woodbury County. And so one morning, and it turned out to be fairly warm. It was early. I think that was the first weekend of bow season. And he 
doesn't usually go out quite that early, or he didn't at the time. And I was out there right away. I was jacked. About 8 o'clock. Pretty nice doe walks by. I'm like, oh, I got a tag for you. Smoked that doe. She went down the valley. And thank God she made it up the other side before she expired. It's about, I don't know, 50 yards probably. I'm thinking, oh yeah, there's no snow on the ground. This is going to suck to pull out of here. So I called around, called around, and everybody's busy. And he actually picked up the phone, even though he was hung over his balls. And it was like <laughs> 6 or 7 in the morning, whatever time it was. It was, was like 8.15. 8, and I said, I said, hey, I'm Sam's trying to make go, hell that early, you know. I'd been down at Deucey's until damn near closed. I go, I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm sleeping. I was like, I need your help. It's like I just shot a nice deer, but it's like a mile back in here. I need you to help me get it out. I was like, I'm gonna drive back. I'll pick you up. He's like, oh, I suppose. Sam had never seen anybody gut a deer before, no. so Ooh. he's hung over as all hell. And we get out there, and just the walk in was a bit of a struggle for him. And I go, yeah, hung over. <laughs> I go, hold her back legs, and I got her spun around, and I actually tied the one leg off to a tree, so she's kind of hanging down the slope, so everything runs down. Mm-hmm. Well, he's down there, and I start going <laughs> up, and uh, or no, you're holding the front legs, mm-hmm. and so I start cutting into it, and it wasn't a get shot, it was a double long shot, so nothing's really smelling. But you nicked one. No. Okay. <laughs> um, but I start pulling those guts out, and he's like. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I didn't heave, but I was I was pretty damn close. You were turning green around the gills, buddy. And then then, then we're like, we forgot a sled or a cart. So what we did is we broke off this big old dead branch and did it old school. Tied her legs around it, threw it over her shoulders. We walked her out to my truck. Good to go. And then last year he he texted me. He's like, I just smoked a nice one. I'm away. Gone. Yeah, I was pretty happy. Was that your first deer ever? Yeah. It was last year? Mm-hmm. So was mine. Well, I mean, when there I was, was so was many 12. years that I was like, you know, I just wanted a buck because that's... Well, I told myself when I initially started hunting, I'm like, I'll take whatever I can get. But the first time you see a buck when you're out there, you know, oh, I want one of those. <laughs> yeah. So I pulled the whole, oh, I'm going to hold off until, you know, a little bit later in the season before I'll take a doe. And I had plenty of shots, but then I just never... After, yeah. after it's the, year after year after year, brown, the same thing yeah. happens. <laughs> if it's brown, it's downtime, and then they don't freaking they don't show up after that. Yeah. Well, and, and you did you did there... it right too. I mean, you you waited and you waited and you you kept after it and. And yeah. I think I think I, that I if I hadn't got them got him that last year, it's a good thing that I did because I might have been done. I was getting yeah. I was getting extremely frustrated. Is there is there a do you have a particular reason for not wanting to gun hunt for deer, or do you he just... He doesn't think it's fair. Uh, no, it's just that I don't feel as, as it's as sporting as bow hunting. You would be would shocked agree. if you did it one time. I would agree with that. It's not as sport. I mean, it's not as hard, obviously. Hunting have... anything with a gun is not as hard as hunting anything with I a bow. I have more luck bow hunting but... than I do gun hunting. Yeah. In the well, last in the last eight years, I've taken more deer with a bow than I have during gun season. Right, but if and if, I've shot quite a few during gun season. If you gun hunted with like say you just sat in a freaking tree stand, you could get. That's no way to do it. You got to get out and well, walk exactly. And but I'm saying sweat your ass off. To me, off. to me, I'm I'm more I'm happier doing it this way. It's right. not like I need the, the meat. The, I'm not saying there's right. There's no, well, a right or a, wrong. It's just I a don't personal. Care. It's just a personal just, preference. Yeah. Personal and, preference. And for I, me, I think, really, I think one time, you know, don't get a license. Just this year, you're welcome to just come with us for the day and see how we do things. 
Because I think a lot of people are the opinion, oh, you gun hunt. And I'm not necessarily saying you, but like, oh, you gun hunt? That's so easy. I traditional hunt or something like that, you know? Right. No, it's freaking not because I literally, during gun season, my fat butt walks some of the nastiest timber and I walk miles and, and miles before so I even there's, see anything. So there's two different sides to that, too, is bow hunting, you're sitting in a tree stand or possibly a ground blind, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So you're sitting there. You're not walking through the shit. No. But in order to get a 20 to 40, maybe 50, if you're really confident, yard shot mm -hmm. on a good deer, you have to put the time in before deer season starts. Yep. You're out there putting right. cameras up. You know, if you put a mineral block up during the year or whatever, or, yep. you know, uh, the people who tend a plot, a food plot, that's a ton of work, a ton of money going into preparing for yeah. your bow hunt. You know, sure. you do, you do all the, you do all the legwork before the season starts. Yep. That's the thing about bow hunting is all the work isn't done at that time. Like gun hunting this year was first year I've gone out and actively like gone out to different properties and tried to hunt deer. Mm -hmm. Like I've got deer tags before and sat at my grandma's in the grove with a slug gun and just sat there. There's not a whole lot around your grandma's place. Oh, there's a ton of deer in that grove. It's a big but grove, but I, mean... I was stupid <laughs> and sat there in the wide open, you know, at the base of a tree because I, I was a kid, you know, I was like, I was seven, 16. 17 and just like no oh, i'm gonna shoot a deer this year and had never researched any of it didn't know the first thing about it you know right. but this year was the first year that i actually attempted to make an effort and go out and i got my first deer and this year i you know i wasn't trying to go for a trophy buck i wasn't mm -hmm. even trying to shoot a buck and i mean i got a little four point this year i did get a buck but yep. It was I where we shot it. I was up on a big dike on the corner of a of that creek down there, the West Fork, <laughs> and I come up over this, and they they dropped me off, and I walked walked up this dike, you know, and kind of along the edge, and they were gonna start pushing this tree line. Well, I got up to the very top and got up to the edge, and there was a huge, big body doe, and I was like. <laughs> That's going to be a lot of meat. I'm going to take it, you know. Uh -huh. So I get my rifle ready. I had that 45-70 lever gun. I was like, all right, just get set down and, you know, pull the hammer back and kick it on fire. Pull it up to my shoulder. I hear one of them break a branch up there. She takes off. Uh -huh. Oh, dang it, you know. So she takes off. Big buck comes flying out of the trees. I got the jitters you know oh, yeah. like, oh man here we go buck fever's on you know he takes off straight away from me i get a texas heart shot it's about the only thing i can hope for you know i'm not taking that shot probably a dozen more does come flying out of there all take off straight away from me like well i'm not gonna get a shot you know so click the gun back on safe sitting there gun it kind of like low ready sitting on the top of this dike and Pretty soon, here comes this little buck, and I see horns, and he he's a decent buddy. He was probably a two-year-old, three-year-old two buck, half, yeah. two and a half, yeah. And he comes strutting out. He's the only one 
to walk broadside to me. And he just stepped out of the edge. I clicked my gun back on fire, and he takes off hauling ass. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so I was like, all right. I'm confident in my shooting abilities, so I had my hold off, shot once, rolled him, and I was like, I was so excited. I sat there quiet, you know, and like racked another round in. He kind of picked his head up a little bit, dropped back down, quick, okay. easy, humane you kill. Him, you hit him with a 45 seven, they, they don't last. Right, they yeah. Don't go anywhere. And I was just, I was so excited. So I got to clean my first deer, you mm-hmm. know, I was like, it was exciting for mm-hmm. me though, you know. That that that's a that was a thing when I was a kid that got me the most is like I got my first deer I had to clean it. You oh know? yeah. And I'm like, and I've I've taught a few people over the years how to do it or showed them how I shouldn't say taught because I'm sure everybody has a different method and my method's never the best. You know, I always take my time. I got a buddy that can do it in five minutes. You know, but I've one of my favorite things about bow hunting is you get those deers that come in and you know that you're not gonna shoot them. And they don't know you're freaking there. Mm-hmm. And and I've had them, you know, the closest one I ever had is is I go out to South Dakota uh, mule deer hunting, bow hunting mule deers every year. And I, I actually didn't go last year, and I, I guess I'm not going this year either. Um, they changed the tag law. Used to be you could just buy it. Now you have to buy them before August 1st. Hmm. So, and I was, I'm, I'm taking Tosh up to Leech Lake anyway, so it's like, it wouldn't have worked. But, um... I'll go next year, but the first year we were out there, we were hunting BLM ground, and we were in Buffalo Gap National Grasslands, and I was like, well, I'm going to go sit down on that big creek finger, and it was just no good spot to sit. You know, there's no trees to hang a hanging tree stand. I mean, there were, but they were super scraggly, and I was like, screw it. But whenever I go out there, I carry, it's, it's called a carnivore. Camulus carnivore, it's a Z. It's a 10-inch version. It's the short. I use it to whack through the pelvic bone on a deer. Mm-hmm. So I took that thing, and I went, and I just hacked all these little shrubs off to a point and jammed them in the ground. It made like a half square. A little ground blind A little you. ground blind. And I hid in that, and I was sitting right on this dike edge, and I'm watching the field because I'd seen deer on that other side of that night before, and I had it ranged. The farthest shot I was going to take was about 40 yards. And I'm pretty confident with my, I got a Matthews monster. It'll wing arrows out to 80. I've shot that far i'll never shoot a deer that far but like 40 is my max i would ever take a shot and that's where that old cattle trail was that they're running and i'm sitting there and i hear something i'm looking over there through my range finder i'm like where is it and then i heard it again and it was right over here and i'm like fudge i look over it was a whitetail buck little guy not a shooter but he was right there and he was walking the path that i was sitting five feet off of he came up that path Caught my scent a little bit, and he came up, and he got within three feet of the back of my head. And I was sitting there trying not to move. <laughs> and he goes, and just turned tail and took off. And I had the video on, I had a Snapchat of it, because I was, like, doing one of those backwards numbers, you know? Yeah. And he was, like, right freaking there. Like, I could, <laughs> I could feel his breath, and I'm like, holy shit. And you're just shaking like a leaf. And yeah, it was awesome. It was one of the coolest moments I've ever had deer hunting. You know, I think the, I think that's really cool too. You know, like all the actual nature experiences mm-hmm. that you get hunting. And... One of the first years I was ever hunting, the one of the a doe came and my drop, my drop cord, my paracord that you pull up your bow with, 
chewed the end of <laughs> the little doe chewed the end off of that. It was kind of cool to watch. Um, but this topic was not actually even well, it was already at the very end, but we're gonna we're just we're just gonna power right through and keep on moving. Um I wanted to talk about could just be hunting stories day. Oh, it could be. <laughs> could be. Um I wanted to talk a little bit about this P eighty bill that we've been talking about. If you guys follow us, you know that uh you know that myself and Johnson both did a P eighty build and they're far from flawless. But the issue I was having on this one was it had to do with this K E trigger oh this K E trigger shoe. Now it's the exact same with his. We and, had the same issue on. And Ke uh, Ke Arms is a is a quality manufacturer. I mean, they got a good name. They're good, but for some reason, when it comes to this P80 frame, it doesn't work in them. It just doesn't. I don't the know. The geometry if it, is just not something's quite not right, right there. They're... And then, um, so yeah, I was having issues with it. So basically, if you fire it and if you pull two up back far on the trigger. When you're holding it, you, you know, yeah, waiting you for your squeeze reset, to the rear hard. it will, it'll hold up and won't go all the way into the battery, which is obviously going to be an issue. Um, and then the other day, um, the, uh, little safety, the trigger safety, um, fell out on me and I don't know where that is. So that's a, <laughs> basically I said, you know what, I've had enough of this. Um, so my next, uh, my next trigger is going to be a steel city armory, steel city arsenal, excuse me, um, full kit, like, you know, the, the and trigger shoe with the bar and all that stuff. And I've and heard I'm really good try, things about those. I'm going to try the Polymer 80, I believe. Yeah, so we will have some updates um, on those, obviously, um, as we go along. But uh, those, are, those are modeled off of Glocks, right? Yeah, the Glock 19, this particular one is. Failures. <laughs> um. Well, see, this is not a Glock. The only thing, the frame is not Glock. The slide is not Glock. There's the only thing that's Glock parts. Or the the internals, which the triggers, the pins. Yeah. yeah, you know, so it's not really. I and the safety shoe just fell out, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mine 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 still has a safety shoe in it, but I want to try the. I've heard good things about the actual Polymer eighty brand, right? Drop in trigger for their gun, so I I figure the geometry is going to be right because they're going to base their, their trigger yeah. off of a polymer 80 frame. Right. right. Would... So I don't know. I might try it. I might not. I put that, I put that Lantac three and a half pound connector in mine mm -hmm. and I, I don't know. I'm going to polish some more stuff inside, you know, for the internals mine, I'm going to polish everything really well. And that's if I, if I decide to later on, I'll try that. If I get another drop, or if I buy a drop-in trigger, I'm going to try that Polymer 81. But as it is, I put that 3.5-pound Lantec connector in and factory shoe, and it runs like a watch. It doesn't have any problems anymore. It was just that trigger shoe. Right, and yeah, and I swapped out just a factory trigger shoe on this, and it, it runs like a sewing machine, so um, it's obviously that. But, you know, with a, with a, a gun that you build yourself, you know, mill it out yourself, uh, you know, acquire all the parts from different manufacturers. Typically, you know, you're gonna have some issues, and, that, and that's yeah. just and that's just part of the fun, though, of, of building a gun and, and getting it to run. Um, well, so. and that's I mean, we Speaking talked about it before the the tolerance, the stacking of tolerancing. You right. know, right. there's so many. Every manufacturer has different tolerancing, and that's just how it how it goes sometimes. But that's 
and to me that's even with ARs and stuff building it, you yeah. know, it's mm-hmm. that's the fun of it is building it. It's not Yep. Like you go buy a factory gun, it's one thing, but you know, building something that, that's half the fun is yep. actually building it. And that's like the first one I built that well, actually Sam put it together for me. I bought all this stuff. I didn't know what I was doing. And um I went really high end on that one. That one cost me like fifteen hundred bucks or something mm-hmm. somewhere close to there. Yeah. And it's a tack driving well. You've seen it shoot, you know, mm-hmm. except for up to 450 yards and my scope was way off to the right. Yeah. But that thing, we had issues with it because, um, and I don't know why, but they, well, they sent me the wrong buffer, basically. And I think it was the a, wrong weight. Yeah. It wouldn't cycle with a dam. And I was like, shit, I just spent all oh, this money. Yeah. And Sam's like, you need a heavier one. All right. So I bought a heavier one, threw it in there, took it out. Like a dream. Ran fine, you know. But I think the upper on that thing alone was 180 bucks. That's cheap. No, all was just a stripped upper. Oh, for the stripped upper. Yeah, oh, right. that's expensive, Vel- yeah. Veltor? I don't know how you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, but... VLTOR. Yeah. Voltor. Yeah, they, have, they do make good components, though. Because mm-hmm. that's like, I bought, like, I have, like, a complete upper. I still have a couple sitting in my safe, like, complete uppers, because they had, like, the fixed front. Uh, sight post gas yeah, block type deals, things. you know, just like a standard mil spec 16 inch deal. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, Midway will have the AR Stoner versions on sale, and I think I picked like three of them up for when they were like on sale for like 180 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I have a couple of those just sitting around just because they were on sale for cheap, and I know they run. That's what my that tan one that I have mm-hmm. that's what that is. Is just an AR Stoner standard upper, one and nine twist, you know, slow twist straight barrel. But well, speaking of uh, speaking of making things run, this uh, Japanese kid that you showed us, oh man, um, right before this this podcast, yeah, um, yeah, go. What was that all about, Johnson? So, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with T Rex Arms. If you're not, you should check out their YouTube channel. I might link this video that we're talking about here in the description. Um, but they had a bunch of guys pooled their money together, a bunch of like friends of the guys who run T-Rex arms. T-Rex arms is another like holster company and, you know, sell nylon and, um, Kydex parts and stuff. And, um, Lucas, one of the owners, he, uh, he's a young guy. He's really, a really really good shooter he does a bunch of classes and stuff and him and a bunch of his buddies pulled together their money and brought over an airsoft a professional airsoft shooter well i don't know if he's professional or not he said he's been airsofting for three years and um he's been making waves i guess in the airsoft world really really good shooter for airsoft and there's, I guess, a discussion online as to whether airsoft is a good dry fire tool, right? So using airsoft guns, and the airsoft guns right now are very good replicas of real weapons, right? So they have like M4s, mm-hmm. any gun you can think of, mm-hmm. any firearm you can think of, they have an airsoft model of it. And yeah, that that M139 minigun's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> um. And basically, they brought this guy over to run him through a course with these guys from T-Rex Arms to see 
if that translated, because there's a discussion that airsoft training will never translate into real gun, real firearms manipulation, right? Because the recoil's not there, and it's not a true representation of a real firearm. Right. Well, that guy proved all those people wrong. Yeah, holy crap. Because this dude can shoot. Yep. Never fired a gun before in his life. In that video, they show the first... Yeah. They showed his first two magazines through a Glock 19. First time ever shooting a real gun, ever. And he... His first six shots, they had him shoot a bill drill right out of the gate. His first six six shots, you could watch that first shot really kind of startled him, mm-hmm. you know. And then after that six shots, by shot number six, you could already see the recoil management coming into play. Right. And it was, it's just, it's super impressive watching this guy. So dry fire with airsoft, it works, man. This guy, by the end of it, he was shooting. From a holster, he was pulling a gun from drawing from a holster and on target at three yards in under 0.6 seconds by the end of two days shooting with these guys. How many shots? One shot from holster. And point, point under 0.6 seconds. He was shooting like 0.56. Yeah, that's impressive. Well, the best we did was like 1.2 seconds. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's, I mean, this guy's, I mean, I carbine and everything. Like, he was running a BCM, 16, or it might have been like a 14.7 pin and welder, whatever, but a standard right. kitted well, out rifle and pistol, and this dude was slaying these Well, girls. I mean, the mechanics are basically, yeah, I mean, the and same. It was and like, the biggest thing is, is, te- is training your eyes um, to acquire the, that sight picture, you know, the proper, with the sights and all that, and that's... Mm-hmm. That was one thing um, when I just read that on my pistol on this P80 build. I was worried that it was going to screw up my, you know, um, how I acquired typical sights. You Iron know, sights, yeah. Iron sights. And it, it did the opposite, actually. It made you more cognizant of, yes, how they, I don't know. So I was, I was, I was pretty impressed. And I've done quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of dry firing with that red dot, too, just to get. You know, my eye is trained to, to you know, acquire the sight picture like yeah. I should. And yeah. nothing nothing against anybody that uses those red dots. I want one for my gun. Mm-hmm. You know, you use one. James uses one. Sam uses one. Box is thinking about one. I just, like, I'm a pretty good shot with iron sights. And I think it would really f*** me up. Sorry. If I switched to one of those, I think I would lose every challenge we had for weeks trying to figure that thing well, out. Well, and that's, well, why I'm and not that's where this. it comes into that's where it comes into dry fire practice. Yeah, and that's why I'm not running Honestly. this running red dot all the time. Like I'll, because, I'll do a, a build drill with it, you know. Yeah, and that guy that guy proves it that dry fire works. Mm-hmm. Right. That guy dry fired more than anybody there, and all those guys were avid shooters. I mean, I know Lucas shoots thousands of rounds a month. He's at the range all the time, teaching classes and all kinds of stuff. And he, this dude was keeping right up with him. Yeah. And he's been shooting airsoft for three years, and this was a, in the first two days of him shooting pistols. And yeah. by the end of that video, he is keeping right up. Right. I mean, it is super impressive, and that just goes to show how much dry fire you works. Well, and and you know, that's like with that deal that Box got, that Manus X. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a super helpful tool in your dry fire practice of knowing what you're doing and knowing what you're doing wrong. Right. You know, you know, dry fire tools like that do work. And I don't care who you are, 
and how much you want to argue against it, that stuff proves to me that dry fire works. You know, and I don't know how much you guys want to do it, but I've been thinking a lot lately. I'd l- I want to get into actual, like, three-gun matches. Mm-hmm. And Sam and I have a friend. Uh, her name is Christina Baker. Um, she's Glock Girl on Facebook is her mm-hmm. page. Um, go check her out. She does. She's a, actually a traveling nurse, and she shoots matches all the time. Wherever she moves to, she finds a pistol club, and she shoots with them. And I've watched a few of her videos. I think she's out in New Hampshire or something now. But that girl can freaking shoot. Like, mm-hmm. she does mo- I think she does most of her own gunsmithing. I haven't actually talked to her in a while since she moved from Kingsley, but uh, she's pretty damn good. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, just the time. The, the biggest thing for me is putting the time in, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, it takes, it takes time. You have time. to practice and you have to take the time and to practice. But dry firing doesn't cost a penny. Mm-hmm. Buy true. a set of snap caps. Yeah, true. Dry fire the heck out of your stuff, you know? And that's and that's one thing that I personally, I'm going to order snap caps for 223 and 9mm, and I'm going to dry fire the piss out of everything I have. Practicing reloads with snap caps, you know? It's like, that's one thing that we haven't incorporated that I'd like to incorporate Reloads, more. yeah. Reloads. Reloads and shooting on the move. Those are two things right. that, to me, in real-world scenarios, you need to know how to do. Mm-hmm. You need to know how to shoot on the move, and you need to know how to reload in a stressful situation. Yeah, We need to incorporate cardio, stressing yourself out, getting your heart rate up, and having to shoot with an elevated heart rate. Boy, that That's something that... That won't take much for you and I. Right. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, like in a real world scenario, your mm-hmm. heart's going to be beating 100 miles an hour. Yep. You know, and that's that's something that our regular range days, well, we don't. Right. And and just just to transition topics here, this rolls into our, our next one. <laughs> um, say, say, God forbid that you are in a situation, um, you know, active shooter situation, whatever. You're not going to be standing there. Behind, you know, you you're you're just not. You're gonna be on the move. You're gonna be, and you need to be proficient in 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 shooting on the move. And yep, you know, it's it's for us. Most of what we train up to this point has been pretty stationary. Static so that's definitely shooting. we do. You yep. know, but that's where you learn. First off, you <clears throat> learn the basics. Yep. And we've been. That's what we're doing here, man. As we're learning, and uh, once we get the basics down, we're gonna start. You know. I mean, acquiring different skills and um, shooting heavily. Like, I have not ever in my life shot as much as we've shot. Me either. In right. In the last six. Months. I mean, I've been I've been yeah. shooting pistols since I was probably fourteen. Mm-hmm. And it used to be like, oh, I got a box of forty-five. I'm gonna go out and shoot some targets. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, shit, I only got one box of forty-five. You're right. And yeah, you know, and I'm, that's I mean that's same here. I didn't start shooting pistols until we until we started this. Yeah, I didn't. I never had a pistol until a year before we started this. Well, even even before this, like Sam and I would go out like once you know, a month, maybe if that, mm-hmm. and we'd shoot what we had, you know. Yeah. And we weren't training or anything. We we're just out there basically wasting rounds. We'd go out to his cousin's place where they had the you know the burn pit, and we'd set up old beer bottles or something. And the mm-hmm. amount of times we actually missed those bottles is really sad compared to where we're at now. Mm-hmm. Like. We're not super fast, but we rarely miss. Right. You know, and 
I think it would be kind of fun one day just to do like a reactive target like that, but we don't have any good place to do it. Because if we do it at your house, it's going to be like, thanks for breaking glass where my kids play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you can come up with reactive targets that are not, you know, glass. Yeah. True. Um. Anyway, though, like I was saying, we're talking about the active shooter situation. Um, and obviously, if, unless you've been living under a rock, and there has been a, a couple of pretty, pretty bad mass shootings um, uh, over the states in the last few weeks, and we're going to stay off the political side of this um, as much as possible. As much as possible. But we want the the big thing is now people are talking about these red flag laws, um, and essentially how they work. Um, say. Say, well, your your friend or your your family member suspects that you're you're a, a harm to yourself or others. You know, if you make a off color comment to them about something, and you know they can report you and say, hey, I think this person is a danger. I think this person is going to do something, and the cops can come to your home and and um, seize all your weapons. Now it's up to you to basically prove your innocence after that point, and so you can. Get yeah. your guns back, which, I mean, there's been, I don't know if the there's been. The red flag laws tend to remove your due process. Well, that's all it is. That's the problem. That's all it is. I mean, you, you have, there's you no are innocent until of... proven guilty in this country, and that's turning it on its head and doing the complete opposite. It's not up to, it's not up to you to prove your innocence. It's up to the government to prove your guilt. And now all of a sudden, just to gain your freedom back, you got to flip it and say, hey, this is why I'm innocent. Even though you didn't even freaking do anything, you might have said something. You didn't do anything wrong. And, and I, I can kind of see where, like, you know, some people think this is a good idea, except they're not thinking it all the way through. All they're thinking is emotionally, and they're not thinking about the, 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 the burden that this is going to put on law-abiding gun owners. Because if you, don't, if you think this won't be abused... You are absolutely completely batshit yep. crazy, and you've been living oh, all on a of rock a sudden your crazy ex girlfriend reports absolutely. you to the cops and says this guy's crazy and he has a bunch of guns. Well, yep. here, guess what? Oh, they God, show I have up a few and, of those. Yeah, and all of a sudden they show up and take everything you have, and now you're in a court battle that you can't afford to pay for. Right. So yeah, and with the chances that you, I mean, you know how expensive lawyers are; they ain't cheap. No. So I mean, everybody wants to do something, but this is. Let's do something that, you know, does something and doesn't step on every single American's constitutional rights. Sorry, but, I mean, it's a slippery slope, and when you start saying, hey, that your due process is not there anymore. Yeah, and the problem is that everybody is, all these politicians are, they want to play games with this well-regulated thing, right? Yeah. They want to play games with the well-regulated portion of that amendment, right? They want to they want to take well regulated and turn it into something that they see can give them an end to start regulating things. But they ignore mm-hmm. the last four words. Shall not be infringed. Right. Those are the that's the biggest thing to me is they want to play with the words of it, yet they ignore the last four. How does that work? How can you just ignore the last four words? Yet you want to take these other words and figure out what they mean. Oh, this well-regulated, well-regulated. Well, look at the definition of regulated. Regulated means either one, controlling, or two, having the proper means. 
So right. when the founding fathers founded this country and they just had to fight a tyrannical government who was trying to take their guns away so that they could basically tax them into oblivion, mm-hmm. right? They were they were fighting against a country that was taxing them one and a half percent, and here we are taxed this much. 30, 40, 50%. Exactly. You got income tax, you got sales tax, you got tax on tobacco, you got tax on firearms, you got tax on everything. And yet we're letting them run with it, and all of a sudden this shall not be infringed. We're going to argue about what well-regulated means. You think they meant that, well, the government should be able to control all this after they were just fighting a government that was trying to take their guns away? Do you think that's what they meant, or do you think they meant had the proper means like which definition of regulated uh, do you think they meant i tried to explain that to somebody on it was a fox news article the other day like i just i didn't i was very respectful and everything and they came right back and called me an ammo sexual is that i don't think that's an insult i don't think that's a derogatory term no did you tell them (laughs) yes i absolutely am an ammo sexual i just Mm -hmm. didn't respond but always with the name calling but I'm uh, i'm not as eloquent in my arguments as you are buddy well we always get um these people you know, to me, uh, the the citizenry should be just as well armed as yeah. the government. And that's yeah. that's how it should be. Well, and we can look at Joe Biden's arguments on that here recently right. with Anderson oh, Cooper. What an idiot. Or, yeah, Boy, yeah. what a dumbass. Well, well, back to not getting political. I said, I said, <laughs> and uh, man, I can't help it. That guy said the dumbest stuff I've ever heard in my life in yeah. the last two weeks. Yeah, he's not an intelligent individual. Um, but. So basically, you always these people always say, "Well, you can't beat the government." Well, that's not the that's not the point. There was um that um you guys remember that that Bundy standoff mm-hmm. years ago down in Nevada yeah. or Arizona or whatever yep. it was. So basically, what was going on there? The Bureau of Land Management was uh taking their cattle or taking their land or doing something. Well, he also hadn't paid his BLM for years. Well. There was there was a whole situation of this deal. We're not going to get into the schematics, all that. But um, there was two sides to it. Some people said the federal government should be able to take whatever, you know, take his stuff. And the other people said, no, that's not going to happen. Well, what happened was a group of armed citizens showed up there. Very well-meaning, respectful people. You know, they were on this guy's land backing him. They didn't want him, They didn't want the government to be able to take his stuff. And it was a peaceful standoff. But you know why it was a peaceful standoff? You know why the government could not force them to do you know, because like anything the against their will, were armed. because they were extremely well armed. Not a shot was fired. Nothing was done. Nobody attacked anybody. Nobody was murdered. But the threat was there. That says, "Hey, we're not gonna, we're not no, gonna take the this FBI shit." The FBI did kill that one guy. What? The FBI did kill the one of them. It was a friend of his. But it wasn't in that in that situation. I'm saying, like after the after the whole the whole deal mm-hmm. happened, yeah. um, because basically the the um. The citizenry says, hey, we're not going to take it. And the government, what could they do? It was either a lot of people get killed or the government backs off and says, you know what? There's nothing we can do about this. And that's that's peaceful. There is no peace without being armed. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just not. Otherwise, you have these, that, that same group of citizens. What could they do against the government armed to the gills? Absolutely right. nothing. They they submit or they don't do anything, and that's exactly what freedom is about. So yes, absolutely, I believe that that uh, citizens should be able to have whatever the hell guns they want. And at, at this point, we've already lost far enough. You know, lost 
Too many. Way too, I mean, the amount of, I'm an FFL, and the amount of gun laws that are on the books and the the, the hoops that people have to jump through is completely and uh, totally ridiculous. So. And I think after situations like El Paso and the other one. Dayton, um, Ohio. Dayton. Yeah. People tend to think very emotionally. Rather than logically. They yeah. don't think logically when things like that happen. They think emotionally. Yeah. And it causes a big uproar, and that's what people with a certain agenda want is an uproar to further their cause. Mm -hmm. And so there's basically two options in a situation like this. If you're scared for your child's life, if you're scared for your life, for your family's life, there's two, two options. You can either arm yourself with the correct tools and the knowledge and the skill to protect you and your family. Train yourself. Train yourself like, we, like we're doing on this podcast. Or the second option, you can call up a person thousands of miles away in Washington, D.C. that is, you're never going to meet and tell them to sign a freaking piece of paper that says people can't hurt you. What's, what's the more sane and logical solution there well i mean between yeah, those it's, two. I it's mean, pretty easy to see too you look in the uk oh god they right. got rid of web, they got rid of firearms right and for the most part for the most part you, for the most part you can I only mean, own certain ones for hunting right. purposes and, and even that like i follow uh, um uh he's he's only a fan i've never met him in real life but he he runs a, a deal called shoot game and uh, on facebook and um i i, I actually drove when I was in England, I drove, like, I think right past his house. Mm -hmm. But I never met him. I, I got hooked up with him through this uh, other deal on Facebook. And um, they do pheasant shoots out there. And, and like, their version of pheasant hunting to me is, is unfair. Mm -hmm. But we won't get into that. Uh, but they were trying to regulate them shooting pigeons. Mm -hmm. Which there well, are and that's, here's millions of the whole thing. The whole thing with the UK is... They got rid of firearms. And what happened? Now they're arresting you for things that you say on Facebook. Well, th that. Well, they don't have the First Amendment, so mm. they can. They can do whatever the heck they want. But what happened to murder rates? Skyrocketed. Right. Yeah. And now what are they using to murder people instead of guns? Knives. Knives. Mm. So now what are they doing? Banning screwdrivers, knives, yeah. scissors. I think we didn't we talk about it's this like, a couple episodes back. But yeah, it, I'm outrageous. saying that's the slippery slope we're headed down. Absolutely, is we're going to be in the same shit show that they're in, and it, right. it just yeah. You know, so I, essentially, I mean, everybody wants to do something, obviously, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but let's do something that is actually going to make a difference, right? And, and these red flag gun laws are not, yeah, absolutely not the right decision because they are going to get abused. Perpetually oh, horrible. Yeah. Gonna... I think though. I think red flag gun laws will cause more deaths than. Well, they already yeah. did, and was it Vermont or yeah. whatever it was? Sixty-two-year-old man killed by the police because he wasn't willing to give up his guns. For, he, and he was completely innocent. He did nothing yep, wrong until the, the cops bust wrong. down his door. And yep. Um. So, anyways, we're gonna we're gonna get on a, a little bit happier subject here. Um. We don't actually have a new sponsor. This is a another sponsor from Shy or another product. Um, Shyworks is actually getting into the 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 food game. We got the new uh, it's a 1911 jam um, from Shyworks. This is made with real gunpowder for that genuine flavor of freedom. Now this <laughs> also doubles as a 1911 lube, you know, so they don't jam 
as often as they typically do. Um, this is going to be on the shelves in, uh, in Walmart here within the next month or two, so check it out. Second ingredient is Cosmoly, guaranteed to make your toast slide through you faster than, well, a 1911 action. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's a sponsor for our Florida Man segment. Oh, um, right, right. The we dumbass the of the day. We changed the, changed the, the dumbass of the day to Florida Man. Anyway. Yeah, because let's it's be It's just honest, so hard I'm... to find a dumbass of the day anywhere else. It is. Yeah. It's true. So a Florida man <laughs> was an idiot. He was the dumbass of the day because he left his gun unlocked or unattended. And it was stolen from his home. So a suspect stole a handgun during an anonymous masked orgy last month in central Florida. Um... Deputies say they have no leads on who this person is. Um, around 20 guests participated in this orgy, which was at a private residence in Deltona, Florida. And the theme was anonymous sex. Hmm. So the participants were encouraged to use fake names, invite friends, and come and go as they please throughout the weekend. The party was also advertised on social media. So this idiot are flipping weird. (laughs) What the hell is going on down that state, y'all? So this guy invited on social media, had an open invitation for guests to use fake names, come to his house and have sex with whoever the hell they damn well pleased and decided it was a good idea during that weekend to leave his gun unattended or at least one of the participants. God, now, well, not only gonna, that, but if you were to walk into that house now with a black light, it'd probably look like a Jackson Pollock painting. Oh, man. <sighs> yeah. Like, what kind of idiot? So, but he just invited Seaman random everywhere. people into his house that he didn't know and figured he'd leave his uh, gun, what, like in his nightstand? Like, people aren't going to go through your entire house. Like, that's. You know. Hey, dude, you know what? We can't really get too much after the guy because he is from Florida. Wow. I don't know if there's something in the air down there or what, but yeah, it just seems like every mosquitoes and methamphetamine. Fields. Seems like every single, um, every single time there's a dumbass of the day, it was always Florida man. So yeah, that's yeah. that's why we changed the name. But yeah, this guy, I mean, he's no, he's no ramping it. He's not ramping his car over a canal or anything like that. Or he's got. Well, there is that. At I least mean, he didn't get uranium and a rattlesnake stolen from his house, I guess. But he yeah. may have driven a Nissan Versa though. Uh-huh. Who knows? It would hey. not surprise me. <laughs> Real quick. Before we wrap this up, Epstein, actual suicide or murder? You I know, think everybody I was, and their mom knows that one was a murder. Yeah, I was surprised by his death, but probably yeah. not as surprised as him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard, you know, when you're on suicide watch in a maximum security facility to kill yourself and then have the, did you say the cameras were conveniently so, dark? So the convenience, the, the convenient coincidences that I have seen so far are he was in his jail cell um he was not under suicide watch at the time of his death which was not right he was supposed to be on suicide watch but he wasn't at that time the cameras for his cell conveniently malfunctioned during the time of his death the guards were supposed to check in every half hour which they didn't during the time of his death. Um, and he was supposed to have a cellmate. So 
they went against protocol by not checking on him every 30 minutes. And he was supposed to have a cellmate, which was removed a few days before he killed himself. I think it was the previous himself. day, if I remember right. Yeah, which was against protocol. Yeah. So it was against the protocol of these pri- of this prison for him to not have a cellmate and for the guard check-ins. So, so is that just a random bunch of coincidence? Well, and this- I would just like to state for the record that I have no information whatsoever on Hillary or Bill Clinton. And I've never met. Yeah, this podcast. Nor do I. This podcast is big fans <laughs> of the Clintons, so we got no dirt on you. And even if we did, we wouldn't tell nobody. Don't yep. worry. Lips are sealed. Uh, but the the guy, this this kind of fella, the guy, he's not the type to commit suicide. I mean, typically when uh ped- when pedos get exposed, you know, they off themselves because they're ashamed. This guy is not ashamed. He knew every, no, the no. entire world knew what he and was for years and years and years. He's one of the the super rich, you know it almost seems like whenever one of them gets convicted of something, it's, oh, you're going to spend six months in a federal right. country club, and then you're going to have to pay this much restitution, and that's, your, that's it. You know? This yeah. guy had more money than God, and he could have probably got out of this because he And did, it was he convenient that he killed himself the day his case files were being unsealed. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing I was reading today is he had some kind of, like, so Bill Clinton is documented, took, I believe it was 26 flights, and spent a lot of time at this guy's mm-hmm. private island that Which they were is, yeah. called Pedophile Island or Orgy Island. The other thing is, is he had some kind of weird temple on the island where he supposedly did all his stuff with the underage girls and whatnot. And it's like, that's some Illuminati level shit. Like, yeah, some this weird, dude was... like, he was into they, some uh, they way raided, more stuff than that. They raided Pedo Island today. That's yeah, I've seen that on Did Daily, Daily yeah. Mail. But, yeah. I mean, hell, it's been weeks ago that he was arrested, a month yeah, like ago already. Ago, yeah. So you don't yeah. think that anybody and associated with shit like, has already been down there and they got right, every, clean every it bit all of evidence yeah. out, out of there already. Uh, you know? yeah. So it's like... That should have been one of the first things they They should have raided that freaking place before they ever yeah, arrested the guy. They only sent like 12 FBI agents, and I'm, I'm just guessing Hillary and Bill sent their cleaners down there, who are very nice cleaners they're good people um don't, <laughs> don't know them at all um would never say anything bad about them but uh yeah that place was cleaned out long ago yeah so, they uh yeah i we will probably never know the truth people with this kind of freaking money and power they they always end up covering and, and that was shit f- like this up just like uh suiciding mr uh, epstein there so well how many other people supposedly have- though there was a report that reporter that broke the story on him Supposedly, and I didn't fact check it, so don't take my word on this, people. But I apparently committed suicide with thirty-eight shots in the back of the head. Also, <laughs> died unexpectedly very recently, like within mm. the last week or two. But it was like a footnote. I didn't check that. I just read it earlier Weird. today. And- well, if you look at the, uh, there was a list of uh, strange deaths of people associated with the Clintons, and it's like up at like Huge fifty people long. List. I mean, yeah. So even say if half that list is wrong, that or one, a, a, you know three quarters of that list is wrong, yeah. you still got freaking fifteen people. You know, I really liked it's the one like, where that sweet uh, Jesus, that whistleblower is a federal employee somehow shot himself twice in the fucking head. Yeah, huh. well, and that doesn't happen. And what was it? There was some dude that was supposed to give a testimony on Hillary Clinton's private server deal, who mysteriously killed himself in his backyard a week before he was supposed to testify or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just it's like, it. how many more bodies have to pile up, though, before it's like, okay, 
Yeah, there's something why, going on. I don't understand. Yeah, but the problem why is you can't. Not the problem is you can't connect the way they do this shit. You can't connect the dots. There's nothing. Everybody knows it though. That's the thing. Is why can't I? I well, because just, there's no dots. There's no evidence there. Everybody knows it. Absolutely. I mean, for sure, everybody God, knows it. But it just there's drives no, me nuts. Why they can't just? I know. I know. Just be careful. It's like everybody knows this Look, bullshit. Hey, everybody stop. knows. Yeah. I mean, stop. I, mean, I don't want you to get suicided. All right. Just <laughs> let's stop talking about it. I, I mean, you, sorry, Hillary. Hillary. We, we uh, love you. Sorry, Mrs. Clinton. Did not vote for you, but that was not because we don't love you. You never would because you're a raging. Okay. Wonderful. Cool. So Wonderful this was, person. This was supposed to be a short episode, but it, it turned into a longer one again. But that's all right. We had a we had a good time, even though we were we were down a man box. We miss you. I actually really did like the, the the talking about the deer hunting deal. That was that was pretty. Good you know, time. I figured yeah. you'd like that. Yeah. Could probably I figured go you'd like that. that. And it is it is deer hunting season. So um, actually, it's not. Um, well, it's it's deer hunting prep season. Abs- yes, definitely, it's absolutely. Yeah. The only thing sure. I'm concerned about right now is uh, I literally because I forgot we were doing the podcast tonight. I went and got all of my fishing rods, and I brought them inside with all of my tackle boxes. Yes, I have four of them and not just one. And I'm going to Leech Lake in three That's weeks, well, and I'm stupid. I'm like super stoked about this because I haven't fished Leech Lake since I was a kid. I'm taking my girlfriend. We're going up there for four days, and I'm just like freaking out. Like, which rods do I bring? What am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with this? You know? And I always run 10 pound Power Pro in my rods, which is a braided. Any, any of you fishermen probably know what Power Pro is. It's one of the best lines I've ever used. Google fluorocarbon. Good God. they! It's like 14 bucks for 150 yards of it now. And I'm like, huh, maybe I'm not going to use Power Pro this year because to refit all six of my rods is going to cost me 150 bucks. Exactly. It's yeah. like. I guess I'm going to use mono. So yeah. if any of you have a good suggestion for a good monofilament line for walleyes. Guggen line. Put her in the comments at the bottom of this podcast. Guggen line. That's my suggestion. You're a Guggen. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going <clears> to, <throat> we're going to call her a night. Um, it was a fun one. Like I, like I always say, um, but check out Shyworks on Facebook as well as shyworks.com or on Instagram as well. Uh, check out Ballistic Imagery on Facebook and Instagram. He typically does all our video, um, but I had to tonight since he wasn't around, so it's mm-hmm. probably going to suck. Um, but uh, two weeks, we'll, we'll be back with a, uh, another episode. And, uh, of course, we'll have um, we'll probably you do another. You do realize two weeks from is the day after the Groper tournament, right? Yep, we're all going to be hungover as... It was hell that day, but <laughs> it'll be an interesting one. Except for Johnson. He'll be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and giving us all shit. So, hey, hey. We'll, You're we'll, darn right. We'll get her done one way or the other, and I think in a, in a week or so we'll probably do another live hangout. So if you didn't see the, this last one, we go live on the Facebook page, you know. And on just, our off uh, weeks. On our yeah. off weeks and, and talk to you guys. You guys can get in there and ask us questions. And It's always a good time, but... Uh, yeah, we're going to call our night, so thank you for everybody that's listened. And uh, until we uh, talk to you next time, remember, life's short, life's free. God bless. Peace out, homies. Holy smokes.